And just for a few moments, I do want to say a special thank you to several on our team that has come and worked and labored and such and uh, provided materials and all kinds of different things. There, there's different capacities to all of this that I'm saying. Uh, has came and helped us to get this kind of phase two of the basement going. And we're about, uh, I would say, Drew, Spencer, LT, what, two-thirds of the way into it, almost getting, we're seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. It's going to be finished by the grace and mercy of God by Thanksgiving dinner that we have downstairs. So I'm thankful for our men that came and have come. Uh, they will be with me again tomorrow night, and uh, they're going to be helping, and we're going to try to move some things along and get some things going. I'm super, super thankful for each one of them, and uh, what a what a wonderful what a wonderful uh, Thanksgiving meal and stuff. Wear your flannels. Anybody like flannel stuff, right? You know, I, you know, I'll have to try to dig something out that fits. You know, I used to have all that stuff. I was about 275 pounds, and that stuff swallows me up now. I, I could wear it like a coat. So I have to try to find something that fits, but I'm excited about what the Lord's doing. Amen? Aren't you excited? All right. Let's, let's remain standing for the reading, reading of the Word today. Uh, I want us to turn to Luke chapter number 5. And we're going to be reading uh, verses 17 through 26. And we are continuing. Uh, I, I've lost track of how many weeks now. I didn't go back today and uh, look and see how many weeks we've been in this thing. I think four months now. This series on miracles and manifestations started out as one message that the Lord birthed. And here we are. And that's how things go, right? Um, so we're in miracles and manifestations, that series. Luke 5 verses 17 through 26. Amen. If you have it, just simply say amen. Luke 5, 17 through 26. And it came to pass. Aren't you glad? There it is again. It came to pass on a certain day as he was teaching, who was he? Jesus, that there were the Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by which were come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Aren't you thankful for the power and the presence of the Lord showing up in our services? You know what? I, 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 I'm thankful today that I don't pastor a dead church. That when you come in here, if you are experiencing some sort of a need, the power of the Holy Spirit can hit you, and you can rise up out of that thing. Amen? I'm thankful for that. The power of the Lord was present to heal them. 18. And behold, listen up, men brought in a bed a man which was taken with the palsy. And they sought means to bring him in and to lay him before him. And when they could not find by that way they might bring him in because of the multitude, they went upon the housetop and let him down through the tiling with his couch into the midst before Jesus. And when he saw their faith, the man didn't have any faith. His friends had faith. And when he saw their faith, he said unto him, Man, your sins are forgiven you. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, saying, Who is this which speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But when Jesus perceived their thoughts, and aren't you glad today he can't read what we're thinking? 
I can't read. He can read what you're thinking. Aren't you thankful today that I can't read what you're thinking or your neighbor can't read and understand what you're thinking right now? But he, Jesus, perceived their thoughts. He answering said unto them, Why reason ye in their hearts? Whether it be easier to say, Your sins be forgiven you, or to say, Rise up and walk. Verse 24, But that you may know that the Son of Man has power upon the earth to forgive sins. And he said unto the sick of the palsy, I say unto you, Arise, take up your couch, and go into your house. And immediately he arose. Look at that word there, immediately. There was no procrastination. There was no delay. There was no, there was no, okay, if you do five other things, then this is going to, and immediately he rose up before them all and took up that wherein he lay and departed to his own house, glorifying God. And they were all amazed and they glorified God and were filled with fear saying, we have seen strange things today. Strange, oftentimes, meaning miracles and signs and wonders. Strange, meaning to the world, we don't know how this happened. But as the church, we have the answer that God made this happen. Things may seem strange to the world, and things may seem, and as you talk to folks about your life in Christ, people won't understand. It seems strange. But to you, you have experienced the power of God. That's why you're here today. So I want us to pray together. You pray for me. I pray for you. We're going to ask God to anoint the remaining portion of this service. Father, I thank you today for Gospel Lighthouse Church. I'm thankful today, God, that as your servant that I'm able and, and you have given me a message to proclaim to your people today. I pray that you would touch us through this series of miracles and manifestations. Lord, we have experienced your miracle working power right here at this church. I thank you today. You must increase. I must decrease in the mighty name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And everybody said, amen and amen. I titled the message today, before you're seated, just say this with me, Kingdom Connections. Kingdom Connections. You may be seated in God's presence just for a few moments. Again, we had a wonderful leadership meeting today. And I uh, just want to say, if you, you don't have to be active in leadership, but if you're aspiring to be a leader, you just want to come and, and be a part of those these uh, services. Uh, for now, it's kind of taking the place, if you will, of, of Sunday school and all that. We used to have Sunday school class before COVID, and we know COVID changed a lot of things. Amen. But we're trying to get back on our feet with some things. So for two weeks out of the month, we're going to do leadership uh, classes. So please, please, please be ready and be a part of those. Amen. And how many enjoyed the breakfast today? The breakfast casserole, the donuts, and the coffee and all of that such. And uh, so thankful for this house. Thankful for your first lady, Sister Tara, who does a fantastic job uh, taking care of not just uh, the church, but she does a fantastic job take, taking care of your pastor. And I appreciate her and love her very, very dearly. Look at your neighbor one more time and say Kingdom Connections. Kingdom Connections. How many knows Kingdom Connections are important? We are cre created in this life for connection and for leadership. We are, we are created in life for connection. We're created to be leaders in the earth. And we are also created for friendships. I don't know about you, but I don't do very well on my own. Uh, I, I don't like to hear at times that the wife is going to take a trip out of town by herself and go on a 
I love the fact that she can get away on a ladies meeting, but I don't enjoy those moments. She really enjoys them. I don't like them. I don't like them. Why? Because I'm at home by myself, fending for myself, taking care of myself. Uh, and the kids. <laughs> but, but, but I'm thankful that she has opportunities and she has time to get away. And I'm thankful for each one of us. And we all need those times and we all need that. But how many knows we need connection and we need friendship in the kingdom of God? We can't and we're not meant to do this life on our own. Uh, but friendships, as you understand, requires commitment. Friendships require sacrifice. And friendships, dare I even say, require generosity. Friendships change our perspective from me to we. And over the past several decades, our culture has continued to become increasingly individualistic. Prioritizing personal preferences above and beyond everyone else, uh, even in terms of self-expression, it, it's, it's a me-centered lifestyle. And I don't know about you, but I have found that when I am all about myself, I find no joy in that. And we are told above all else to be true to ourselves. How many have heard that saying before? Be true to yourself. And according to this narrative, genuine happiness is found by looking inward and expecting the outside world to adapt to our needs. Self-centeredness is at an all-time high. My, my, my dad and my my mother, uh, specifically my dad, had a way of taking me down a few notches. When he would see self-centeredness rise up, and I mean, I grew up in a household, there was five boys, and I was the middle one, smack dab sandwich. I was the, the jelly in the midst of the peanut butter and all the bread. I was the guy kind of there, the peacemaker, if you will. But there were times I would, that's my toy. That's mine. Anybody heard those words, Titan? Uh it, 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 that's mine. Those are mine. Those are my things. Those are my, and my dad would have to bring me down a few notches. He'd say, that ain't yours or his. That is mine because I bought it. And, and, and we have to be careful not to allow a self-centeredness enter in to our lives. We have to be careful that it's not all about us and what we can receive from it, right? So the results in our culture have been extremely devastating. We live in the era of virtual connection. It's all about how many friends I can have on Facebook and how my social media status can be built up really good. And I've got 10,000 followers, Pastor, and i got all of these things going on, but you're not connected to one of them. we got to be careful. Technology, the Internet, social media make us feel like we are surrounded by everyone and known by no one. Right? On May 3rd, 2023, the Surgeon General issued an advisory of our epidemic of loneliness and isolation. He called an, an, an epidemic what we're in, this loneliness, this isolation of a lifestyle. And research shows you can be lonely and have, have, have people constantly around you because loneliness is about the quality of your connections. Come on, look at your neighbor and say it's all about the quality of your connections, the quality of your relationship, right? So number one, if you're taking notes, 
Right, number one, quality connections. It's imperative that we have quality connections. It's imperative in this final hour that we're going through, beloved, and all the fears and the struggles that are going along with this, that we have kingdom connections. We have quality connections that we can draw from in this fight that, that can ease our fears, that can ease our struggles. Amen? People that will go with us the extra mile. Quality connections. Quality connections can lead to a quality life, right? If you have people that are quality around you, and I'm not dismissing people that have issues, but I'm saying when I talk about quality, I'm talking about the Scripture saying, can any two walk together lest they be in agreement? You need to be hooked up with people in this final hour that are walking to you and with you on the same final road and destination that God has for you in your life. If you don't have quality connections, there might be people that don't understand the will of God on your life. There might be people that don't understand the anointing that's on your life. And they will try to get you to veer off and go all kinds of different places. But in this final hour, I believe you've got to have some quality connections that lead you to where God wants you to go. Amen? Come on, look at your neighbor and say, we need some quality connections. Quality connections. I hope your life today, beloved, is is better because I'm in your life. Quality connection. My life is richer and sweeter and greater because you are in my life. But more importantly, our life is great because God is in our life. Jesus Christ is the Lord and Savior of all of our lives. I'm thankful today for quality connections. This is a bigger than an emotional issue that's going on. It carries a very real physical danger, the lack of relationship connections, the lack of relational connections leads to, here's some statistics for you. It leads to a 29% increased risk of heart disease, 32% increased risk of stroke, 50% increased risk of developing dementia, and a 60% increased risk of premature death. Look at your neighbor and say, if you want to live a long, prosperous life, get you some friends. Matter of fact, get you some godly friends. And then I want you to tell somebody around you, I'll be your friend. When you get connected to the right people, it don't just help you in the here and now. It will help you down the road. And statistics say your life will be better. Your health will be better because of who you are connected to. How many knows the sources in life that you hook yourself up to will determine where your outcome is? And so I, I've worked with people long enough to realize that life brings plenty of trouble to each one of us. We all struggle. We all go through stuff. And it doesn't matter how successful we are. It doesn't matter how much money that we accumulate in our bank accounts or how comfortable our lifestyle becomes. We are either in a storm, coming out of a storm, or we're headed to a storm some point down the road in this walk with God. So when the storm comes, listen, it's too late to find friends to help you in that moment. How many knows when you're in the midst of a storm, you can't find some folk with a pack of bloodhounds and seven FBI agents. You can't get on the horn. You can't find them. They won't answer the call. Listen, you've got to build up and find friends to help you before the storm hits. The storms and the friends we make today prepare us for the storms that we'll go through tomorrow. It's important who you are connected to. 
It's important who you tie the knot with. It's important who you marry in life. It's important, young people, who you hook up and older people like elders of the church, who we connect ourselves to. It's important how we connect in this walk. Proverbs chapter number 17, verse number 17 says, tells us that a friend loves at all times. Look at your neighbor and say all times. Come on, look at your other neighbor and say, a friend loves at all times. Tell him, say, I'm going to go through some ugly moments, some bad moments, and I need somebody to stand with me through some struggles of life. I need somebody that's going to stand with me, not just when I'm doing well and everything's good and, and all, all life is just, you know, the way it's supposed to be. I need somebody to stand with me in the storm, holding an umbrella, trying to keep these things off of my life. I need somebody who will stand with me, a friend that loves in all times. I need one of those friends. How about you? I've got friends like that. Some of those friends are here in this building today. I've got friends who will stand with me, and I thank God for them. Every one of us would love to have that kind of a friend. Amen? So this kind of friendship is not a coincidence. It, 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 it's, it's, it's a, it's a God-type relationship, and dare I say it's a lifesaver of a relationship. We can't survive without good godly kingdom connections. Amen? And once you've experienced this kind of genuine friendship, you understand how rare and incredibly valuable it is. And it is a gift from God, and it can even open up doors for miracles in your life. The relationships that you connect to can open up miracles in your life. It's all about kingdom connections. Who you're connected with, who you're connected to, and hooked up with will determine where you are headed and where you end up. I can't preach that enough from the housetops. Pastor, I don't know how I got into this mess. Who are you connected to? How did I get into this financial situation? How did I get in? Sometimes life just happens, amen? But sometimes we make our own mess and then blame God. Well, God, I don't know why this happened. Listen, God said you should have never have gotten hooked up with that person to begin with. You should have never befallen that person. Listen, it doesn't mean you can't be friends or friendly to somebody, but you've got to be careful who you connect your life with. You've got to be careful because they are heading in a different direction than what you're headed. And in Luke chapter number five, the crowds we see are surrounding Jesus. Look at your neighbor and say they're surrounding him. This is, this is pretty much... Uh, something that we have dealt with over the past several weeks. When Jesus showed up, I've labeled him as the magnetic Messiah. When Jesus showed up, people were drawn to him. They were attracted to him. I don't know about you, but if we don't get anybody else in the room and we need some, we need to build this church, which we do, and I'm thankful the church is building. I, I'm praying that, that Jesus would become the center because if we put him at the center, all people would be drawn unto him. If you lift up the name of the Lord, all will be drawn unto Jesus. So the crowds were surrounding him and they become so large but they could not get close to him. Do you remember the last time you were in a big large crowd? Do you remember the last time you ever dealt with and if you've ever been to a game before, uh, we've had the, the pleasure to go to some Chiefs games over the years and people bought tickets for us and we've been and got to go to some Royals games and and such. Now we know over the past few years, you know, you could almost, you could almost throw a baseball as far as you can throw it. Nobody, you're not going to hit anybody in a Royals game. But I'll still stand with the Royals. I'm still a Royals fan. Amen, Sister Nelly. We're, we're still Royals fans. But I've been to Chiefs Stadium. 
And, and navigating the Chiefs game can be disorienting. Amen? I don't know about you, but my anxiety gets up a little bit when I'm in, Chiefs, in the Chiefs uh, stadium. It demands concentration. But at least there are tickets and ushers to help you to reach your intended destination. 2,000 years ago, the ancient world was not so convenient. So the people were excited because Jesus was healing the sick and He was teaching with this genuine authority. He came from God the Father. And while the crowds continued to grow, He would draw and withdraw to a lonely place and He would begin to pray. And then He would reappear later with power from on high, miracle working power. How many knows how important it is to pray? Prayer is the key. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians to pray. Without ceasing. Pray. When, Pastor? In all things, all places, all where, at all times. We need to pray. And Jesus had to pray and He had to come apart from the crowd. How much more do we need to do that? Somebody say amen. So the curiosity with the crowds was enamoring. And while the crowd was curious, the religious leaders were critical. So you had curiosity and you had criticalness in the same room. And how many know sometimes that's just the case? And then there were those who were desperate in need of help from God. They would do whatever it took to get close to Him. I love people that says, Pastor, I don't care what it takes. I'm getting to church today. I'm working on Sundays now, but I'm praying the Lord would send me another job to where I just got a Monday through Friday. And that's happened with some of us here today. We've been able to get into a place where we're able to be here on Sunday, every Sunday, because the Lord has waited away. Why do we do that? Because we got to get close to him. I don't know about you, but I don't have this life figured out on my own. I don't have the situation to this life. I need to get close to Jesus. And so that's what the people was like. They were like, they were clamoring about. They were coming in and they were pressing in as we know. And in Luke 5 is a story about a group of friends in a desperate situation. We don't know how many friends there were. We do know there was at least four because the Bible said he was born of four. And we don't know uh, how they knew each other. We don't know their names. and We don't know where they came from. We don't know much about their lifestyle whatsoever. We don't know how far they had traveled to get to Jesus. All we know is that their friend uh, was paralyzed and their friend was confined to this mat and, and they loved him so much that they carried him through a crowd and they tore a man's rooftop off to get him to Jesus. They did what was unthinkable. They went the extra mile. There's times in your life when you can't get to where you need to get by yourself. There's times when you need people to help carry you. There's times when you need people to lift you up. There's times when you need people on your road to life to just simply be an encouragement. I'm thankful today that there's people all around me. There's people in this room right now that pray for me on a daily basis. That lift up the hands that hang low. That strengthen the feeble knees and make his path straight. I'm thankful today that there's people in my life. And sometimes you need to get yourself around some people that will carry you when you can't walk to the destination by yourself. You can't get there on your own. So we don't, we don't know how far they traveled. All we know is that they tore this man's rooftop off in order to get their friend to Jesus. A friend will offer to take you to Jesus. A good friend would actually fight through the crowds as they carried you through to Jesus. But only a great friend would not give up. And when they finally discovered there was no room and no way to get to Jesus, 
But these friends, they refuse to be denied. A great friend will, will not take no for an answer to your healing and your deliverance. They'll stick with you and they'll stay with you until that thing comes to pass. And these friends, they drag him to the rooftop and then they had a boldness to interrupt whatever Jesus was doing inside by lowering their friend down to him. How many knows that we are never a bother to Jesus? Aren't you thankful today that God's not like, can you come back next week, please? I've got a host of people I'm already dealing with in the same situation that you're in. And can you please just take a, can you just please just take, you know, and just go back home and come back at another point. Take a ticket. Go home. I'll call you when it's ready. Aren't you thankful today that that's not the Lord that we serve? I'm thankful today I don't have, and I'm also thankful that, I, that, that this man had some friends that was bold enough to not take no for an answer. We can't get him through the door. We can't climb through the windows. Everything, this house is packed. It's like a stomped ant bed. There's people all over the place. And he said, you know what? These friends just stood back and they said, you know what? Well, there's the rooftop. Ain't nobody up there. To get your miracle, sometimes you got to be willing to do what no one else is willing to do. You got to go where someone else is not willing to go. You got to have a spirit of desperation that will come upon your life. And sometimes it takes getting on a rooftop somewhere and tearing that place apart to get down right in front of Jesus. Sometimes the easy way is not the God's way. We got to go through some hard stuff at times. And nobody wants to get the ladder out and climb on the rooftop, but sometimes it's necessary. And so these friends, they were bold enough. They said, you know what? We're going to get our friend inside. And they lowered them right down to where Jesus was. Aren't you thankful for friends like that? And instead of being angry, instead of being annoyed, Jesus was moved by the courage and the faith of this man's friends. He was moved with this by their faith and by their courage. And before they had even had a chance to explain, Jesus called this paralyzed man friend. Now you remember the woman with the issue of blood we talked about several weeks ago. She was the woman known with the issue, but he called her daughter. See, Jesus has a way of identifying you differently than everyone else has a way of identifying you. See, we can get identified as our past. He could have been identified as the, as the man, the paralytic man who couldn't get there himself. But Jesus says, you know what? I'm going to dismiss all those names. You're my friend. And he was lowered right there and he forgave this man's sins. Miracles do more than meet needs. They reveal the nature and the character of God. That's God's character. And Jesus knew that everyone in the crowd was watching closely and he could have prayed for him to be healed. And, but he wanted to reveal something about who he was and what he had come to do. And that was the first time he confronted the religious leaders in public. He, he would do so many more times in the next few years, not only there, for their sake, but to change the perspective of the people that was watching. To get people to understand that this life with Jesus is about relationship, not about rules, not about regulation, not about ticking the box and doing a particular thing. So Jesus made it apparent that this was a relationship that was God ordained. And he was more than a prophet who spoke from God. Jesus was. He was more than a man 
with a gift in a man that could heal the sick. He said he had the power and the authority to forgive sin. The religious people were listening. Only God can forgive sin. That's undoubtedly what they thought. And what I would say to that is, that's why he said it. That's exactly what he is more than a cosmic healer. He's more than a man just passing out miracles and making dreams come true. Jesus is a king who invites sinners to be born again and to enter into the kingdom of heaven. Because Jesus is Lord, he refuses to be a means to someone else's end. He will not go quietly into someone else's box. He doesn't do things the way that we think that he should. His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. They're higher than we are. He will not be less than he truly is. He wouldn't do it then and he certainly won't do it now. He always shows up differently than the way we think he's going to. It always looks differently than what we had planned out. It always, as we walk through this road of faith and as we walk through this, this, this journey throughout life, we understand a man in his heart prepares his way, but the Lord directs his path. We plan things out. We do things like, but this man had no idea that he was going to show up this very day at the feet of Jesus. Everyone wants to see a miracle, but nobody ever wants to need one. Amen? And perhaps the only thing more challenging than needing one for yourself is, is the need for one and someone you love to be in a place where they feel they're powerless and they're hopeless. The people I don't know about you, but I can handle the weight of a situation better than I see my children or someone else that I love handling something. I say to myself as a father, as an earthly father, I want to carry that for them. I want to navigate that thing with them. This man undoubtedly was in a place of powerlessness and in need of help. You know you're going good in the sermon when you don't even realize you've got a handheld mic and one behind your ear here right now, the lapel. Brother Chad, I'm going to switch over. Powerlessness. Amen? That's good. I got my hands free now. Powerlessness. How many's ever been in a place of powerlessness? You felt like you couldn't do it on your own. And listen, you needed somebody to come around you if for no other reason you was in a bad way and you needed somebody to just show up and pray for you in that moment. Powerlessness. We feel those things at times. But what the enemy wants us to do is to get us off into a place and, and, and help us to align ourselves with people that does not have your best interest in mind. That are looking to try to take advantage of you. That are looking to try to take you down a different pathway. And listen, that's why Kingdom Connections is important because where who you are connected to is where you are headed to. So... I believe as the church of the living God that the same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives on the inside of me. Miracle working power. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives on the inside of you. Amen? 
God does not have a powerless bride. God does not have a weak and anemic bride. God has, His bride is powerful in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Everything is about the name of Jesus. If you ever, listen, I, I, I tell you, there's, there's times the old saints, just they just put the blood of Jesus on everything. It didn't matter what was happening. They needed a band-aid or they needed, their arm was broken. It was put the blood on it. Put the blood of Jesus on that thing. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. We got to get back to the blood of Jesus Christ. The blood of Jesus. Blood of Jesus. We are not a powerless bride. A church is more than powerful music. And more than just an inspiring message on a Sunday morning. Jesus called the church to be His body. And we are meant to carry one another's burdens. Just like these men. They, they carried this man to the rooftop. We're meant to help shoulder. Jesus told us, where any two or three gather together in His name, He's with us. He's among us. And when we agree and we pray in His name, we can ask anything from Him and He will grant that request. Amen? It's why we take time at the beginning of the service and Sister Barbara does so fantastic with the reading of the Word and we pray over specific needs. That's why we do that. We make the needs known before the church. Something powerful happens when God's people come together and they pray for one another. And I'm reminded of this Every time someone comes up and they tell me, Pastor, we prayed last week in the service about a particular thing. I came forward or we prayed in the, in, in, in Sister Barbara prayed during at the beginning of the service. We prayed for this request and God answered my prayer. How many knows there's power in prayer? Amen. There's power in the prayer. If it just happened one time, that would be good enough and I would be thankful for that. How many be thankful for one miracle? They'd be thankful for one item of sickness that was raised. But every week we pray over the request as things come in. And this is a part of what it means to be a spiritual family. It's important who you're connected to. Dare I say, it's important what church you're connected to. Pastor, we don't have blow-ups for the kids. And we don't have balloon fest. And we don't have... All kind, we don't, you didn't serve gelatin this morning to what? This ain't a carnival. This is a church. And what we do at Gospel Lighthouse is we try to make sure when you pull your seat up to the buffet that we are feeding you the Word of Almighty God that you'll have some strength when you go out into this world. That you can move through and navigate the madness of this life. Listen, we can't serve pudding pops in God's kingdom. We can't do that. We've got to serve the meat of the Word of God. We've got to give you some sustenance so when you go beyond these walls, you can endure the enemy of your soul. So it's important what church you're connected to. It's important what youth group you're connected to. You say, Pastor, we don't have a youth pastor. Yeah, you do. You're looking at him. So don't tell your friends you don't have a youth pastor. You've got a youth pastor right now. You're looking at your youth pastor until we find another pastor. Okay? All right? <laughs> Which brings me back to where we started. Number one, it's about quality connections. Number two, it's about capable connections. Look at your neighbor and say capable connections.
What I mean by capable connections is this, beloved. People that have gone through some really bad stuff. Capable to navigate without too much drama. Well, boy, I tell you, I don't know how I would handle that. No, you're going to take somebody by the hand when you've got some capable connections and say, we're going to pray this demon out of this situation. We're not going to sit and look at this situation and say, I don't know how you got there. And sister, I don't really know. We ought to, you know, you ought to really. And no, 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 we got to, we can't, you got to have some capable connections. Some people that have been there, seen it, done it, got about five t-shirts to show for it. and said, no weapon formed against you shall be able to prosper in the name of the Lord. We're going to take hands. We're going to pray. We're going to believe the Lord. And we're going to get up together. And we're going to walk this thing out. Capable connections. Kingdom connections. Capable connections. People that are going to walk with you through the desert places of your life. The dry areas. None of us are meant to carry our needs on our own. Right? God promised to build His church. Because it's His hands and it's His feet it's His body in the earth to accomplish His purpose and to bring His presence to heal His people. We don't know these friends' names that we're talking about in Luke chapter number 5. We don't know how far they traveled. We don't know what happened to them after this moment, but Jesus responded to them. Jesus responded to the Bible, said their faith. He responded to it. You've got to have some people in this hour that's got some faith. That believes God. That takes Him for His Word. That says you've gone through it and there's been several others and you're going to make it. You're not going to sit down and sulk. You're not going to go into a corner and, and, and suck your thumb somewhere. We're going to get through this thing together. We're going to walk this life out. You need some friends with some tenacity. And their friend picked up after God touched him and they dropped him right down in front of Jesus, their friend picked up his mat and he walked home. And here's what the Bible said. One version said he praised God all the way back to his house. He didn't know what he was in for. Can you imagine these guys running down the street trying to get through the crowd? Carrying this guy on what we would call like a gurney? Born of four, carrying four friends. I'm going to tell you something. If you don't get these, get these four friends like that. Get you some friends that will carry you when you're weak. Get you some friends that carry you when you're down and out. Stop hanging around people that kick on you all the time and mean mouth you and talk bad about Get around some people that will carry you in the midst of your storms. And this man could, could not get there on his own. He needed help. See, we live in a day of connections. Personal connections. Business connections. Family connections. If I can just get connected to the right people, then I'll be all right. Right? It is usually about us gaining something from, from this relationship. It says something like, what can I get from it? What, what is in it for me? How can, I, how can this help me? How can it benefit me? Can I tell you the greatest connection maker, and I'm about to close and land the plane, Pastor Sandra. The greatest connection maker in history is our Lord Jesus Christ. If you're looking for kingdom connections in any area of your life right now, you say, Pastor, I don't really have a whole lot of friends. Are you showing yourself, as the Bible said, friendly? See, 
There's basic principles in the kingdom of God that we can just simply walk out. And if we abide by those things, we can all of a sudden look up and, and people will just be, they'll be drawn to us. What are they drawn to? They're drawn to the spirit of the Lord that's inside of your life. Kingdom connections. Kingdom connections. The greatest connection maker in history is Jesus, is our Lord. Sister Delaney, would you help me today? Jesus said, if you seek first the kingdom, He will put people in your life and along your path. He will hook you up with relationships that you could have never have dreamed of. All of this because of Him. All because of Him. And I don't know about you, but I'm thankful for Kingdom Connections. And I want to say today, and I could go around this room and hand each one of you a microphone, and we ain't doing it in a judgmental spirit, but we could, we could talk about relationships that we know of that are devastated right now because they got hooked up to the wrong person. Connections are everything. Who you connect yourself with determines your outcome and where you are headed. And what I love about this relationship that we read about in Luke chapter number 5 is that these men were not in this relationship to get something. Hear me, hear me, beloved. They were not in this relationship to get something. They were in this relationship to give something goes back to our sermon or our message this morning to the leadership team. Don't be a leech. Don't be a person that always is extracting but never willing to give out. So these men said, you know what? He can't get there by himself and I'm going to do everything. We're going to do everything together. How many knows there's strength in numbers? I've done some really crazy things because somebody said, I'll run with you in that. I'll do it with you, Pastor. I'll tear down that wall, and then Drew shows up, big six foot four, six foot five guy, 300 pounds, full of muscles. Hits that sledgehammer one time and knocks the whole wall down. And we're like, where was you at last week? <laughs> he was working. He knows I love him. I love all of our people. Connection. Who we connect ourselves to. And here's another thing. When you make heavenly deposits... God will make sure that when you are in need, you have what you need. See, we think to ourselves, let's stand to our feet real quick. We think to ourselves, if we keep giving and giving and giving, all of a sudden, we're going to run out of something. Have you ever thought that before? If I keep giving, I'm not going to have anything for myself. I've realized something in God's kingdom. It doesn't work like the world system. That if I keep giving, God's going to start depositing. And putting people around me that will deposit into me and into my spirit and into my finances and different areas of my life where I'm struggling at times. So I don't want to have this, this selfishness to where I say, you know what, I have for myself, but I don't have for anybody else. I don't want to live a life like that. I want to live myself and I'm thankful today for Gospel Lighthouse and I'm thankful today for the kingdom connections that we have right here. You look around this room, every single person in this room right now has been through some hardships. 
struggles. Some of you a year ago, some of you 10 years ago, would have never thought that you would have ended up in a church off of 1300 Askew. I'm going to tell you 10 years ago, your pastor wouldn't even have thought he would have been here. I grew up in Northeast. I was born at the Osteopathic Hospital, not too far from here. It's no longer, an, it's no longer a hospital. It's some sort of a nursing training facility or whatever now. I never thought I would be here, but listen, what God knew, and He don't always share with us what He knows, amen? And aren't you thankful for that sometimes? We, 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 we want to know what the big picture looks like, but I thank God that He just simply said the steps of a good man are ordered. And He took us to a place, ultimately, where I was born, an area in which I was born, and He said, here's where it is. And you're here today, you never would have thought you would be here. And listen, I'm going to tell you something. There's a lot more of you's and me's out there that needs this place. So my challenge to us, all of us today, including your pastor today, is let's operate like these four and get the wounded to the house of God. This is a great time of the year to invite people to come to our, our Thanksgiving dinner and, and, and stuff going on at Christmas. We always have a wonderful Christmas candlelight. I don't know how we're going to do that because Christmas Eve's on Sunday, so help me pray about all this stuff. May not be a candlelight. I don't know. We may just shut all the light, blacken out the light, and just turn some tea light candles. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Invite. Get them to the house. And when you get them to the house, it may seem like a struggle. You may have to climb up on some rooftops to get them there. And you may have to continue to text them, in other words, over and over. And they might finally just be like, you know what? I'm tired of hearing from you. I'm going to church. Praise God. Hallelujah. Get them at the feet of Jesus and he'll do the rest. The Holy Spirit can do in three seconds what we could not do in 30 years. And we need some friends. We need some people. We need to be these type of people in the kingdom of God. And I'm thankful today that you are those people. Let's lift our hands toward heaven as Sister Delana plays. Come on, just open up your spirit today. Just say, God, use me in a tremendous way. Lord, not for my glory, not for anything, no, no other reason, Lord, but for you to receive all the glory in my life. Everything that I have is because of you. Every bit of wisdom, every bit of knowledge, every, every financial breakthrough that I've ever been able to... Everything that I have belongs to you and is because of you. You are the reason why I'm here. And I don't always understand it, but Lord, I'm starting to see it better each day that you had a grandiose plan that I was completely unaware of. And I'm thankful today for the kingdom connections that got me to where I am. Look up here just for a moment. I, I, I want to know just by the uplift of our hand, who would say today, I want to be a conduit for the kingdom of God in the earth. I want, in other words, when I grab hold of something, when I get around a particular person, I want to be able to lead them in such a way or show them the way. Show them who Jesus is. Show them what a life of Christ looks like. Show them what it looks like. You can struggle and you will and we have, all of us, and 
not diminishing any of that, but I'm saying we can overcome because we are overcomers by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. My testimony today is God is good all the time. All the time He's good. I'm thankful for Him today. But how many would say, I want to be that kingdom connection pastor? I want to be able to, wherever I go, if it's a grocery store, wherever I go, if it's back to my neighborhood, wherever I go, if it's into the workplace, if it's into my neighborhood, if it's right here at the church, if somebody that just simply needs connection, I want to be here for them. I had somebody asked me a while back, said, Pastor, how come you know, sometimes you don't always answer the phone? I'm like, man, I do sleep sometimes. <laughs> I have to sleep. Sometimes I sleep. But you know what I'm thankful for? There's people in this, this house that's capable and able and do and step up and minister to folks in my place. In my place. They show up on behalf of me in the church. They'll show up. They'll just, they'll just do it. They'll show up and they'll be a part and they'll pray for folks. That's a kingdom connection. And I'm thankful for it today. Anybody desire prayer before we before we close down? It's been a wonderful day. Sister Michaela, come on up, sis. Come on up. Sister Barbara, all your children, come on up. Kilani, all the boys, come on up here. These beautiful young people. Praise the Lord. Come on, what I want, uh, as Sister Michaela is up here, what I, what I want to happen is I want all, 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 just all of us just kind of spread out a little bit, guys. Spread out just a little bit. Keelani, come on over here, babe. Yeah, right over here. Noah, just come on over. Just spread out. Here's what I want. I want the mothers in the building, if you will come up. If you're a mother right now, just come on up. I want you to stand behind one of these boys and Keelani over here. I want you to stand behind um, Stand behind her. There's Chris over here. There's a, let's, let's all just, just gather behind him. Gather behind him and pray. Then I want... I want Sister Tara to stand behind Sister Michaela. Spencer, can you, can you come up here and, and help me just for a minute over here? Just help, help over here for a minute. Thank you, brother. Appreciate you. Um, I want I want Sister Tara to come on up here and, and stand behind Sister Michaela. And I want you to pray over these children. And I want you to pray that no weapon formed against it. That when they walk out of this church, I'm praying that they never know, they never experience what this world has to offer them, that they will ever remain in the house of the Lord. We're not going to give the devil an inch. We're not going to say, well, if they get out there, then they'll come back. and they'll... No, we're not even going to talk that language. We're going to speak faith today. And we're going to say they're going to be in the house of the Lord. They're going to stay in the house of the Lord. They're, they're going to get on turn. They're going to follow what their mother says. They're going to line up. And God is going to use them in tremendous ways. So I want all of our house mothers, just lay your hands on whoever you're standing uh, behind right now. Just lay your hands on them. Let, let's let Sister Nelly, yeah, both of them right there. That's beautiful.